Hello and welcome to another edition of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ray. And uh, it's been a while. So Chris is on tour with, uh, he's the tour manager for Resurrects over in uh, Europe right now. So he'll be back. I, mean, I, I feel bad because we keep ending up not having him here, but it's just been a scheduling conflict constantly. He's a busy, busy man. Even among ourselves. So it's been a while since we since we did our last episode. So Yeah, welcome back, guys. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Awesome. Your dreams were your ticket out. Okay. Welcome back. So, what what have uh, what do you what have you seen, Anthony? What have you seen recently that you want to talk about? Fucking Lords of Chaos. Um, now, <laughs> if you guys aren't into black metal, you probably won't like the movie or uh, care about think, it necessarily. I think it's sociologically it's, it's, I- interesting. It's a fun crime drama that's you know has uh, I wouldn't even say it's got horror elements, but it, it kind of goes hand in hand with this community. Yeah, um, metal in general. Um, so Rory Culkin plays, you know, Euronymous, and and uh, some other guy plays Varg, and I mean, if you guys know any of the history, you're not being surprised by what happens in the film. Um, it already happened, and you missed it. <laughs> but it's a pretty cool little peek into that, like uh, that that upcoming uh, subculture of metal that uh, that was going on that time in the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. And uh, it's it's got its really really gruesome parts to it. It's it's um, decently acted. It, it's not what I was expect. It, no, I take that back. No, it was what I was expecting for a film that's you know, uh, basically uh, uh, led by the acting skills of Rory Culkin. Now he's not bad. No, not at all. Not at all. He's not bad, but um, I don't think it should be him that carried the film. And the guy that played Varg uh, was way over the top. Um, it's directed well. Uh, it had some flaws during production. I heard they couldn't get a lot of the music for the film um, by by the actual bands. I mean, you get a couple of performances here and there, but it's not like you're getting a, a Buddhism, you know, soundtrack or or a lot of Mayhem tracks. Instead, you're getting stuff that's from that time era. Maybe stuff that the the guys were, were growing up listening to, Dio, uh, you know, Priest, etc. Um, overall, um, it is gruesome. There there is some pretty shocking shit in it. That's you know. Uh, scary to watch at times. It's it's worth your time. Um, beyond that, I rewatched recently uh, Triangle with Melissa George in it. Uh, it's another cool like you know time loop film. Um, I've seen it before. I'm I'm sure some of you have. If not, definitely go watch that. I think that's streaming on Shutter right now. If I'm not, if it's not on Shutter, it's on Prime. Exactly. It's, it's on, on one, one of the, the two. two. It's on one of the two. But that's a really fun one. Um, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah, Melissa George acts her ass off in it. Um, there's some pretty cool kills, and then, you know, you just kind of find out what kind of a shitty person you are when you're watching the movie. <laughs> but beyond that, it, that's that's really fun. Uh, this is some of the stuff I've been watching lately. What about you guys? Well, I wanted to comment real quick on Lords of Chaos. Please so do. I saw it back in September, Beyond Fest premiered it, and I remember it was weird at the time. There was not even a trailer, and for months afterwards there was not a trailer. And I kept thinking, like, wow, that was, like, apparently one of the first viewings in America because when is this coming out? So it finally kind of came out, and I feel like... I mean, not to be surprised, it didn't really get, like, a lot of press or whatever. Um, I think it's Varg doing all the fucking press work. Yeah, right. Basically, all his videos are... Yeah, right, by reacting yeah, to exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, it, it told... So the guy that plays Varg is uh, Emery Cohen. Yes. And it's so funny, like, I had just read um, 
Lords of Chaos, the book. I forget the author's name, but that's what this is based on. And I remember somebody asked me when I said that I saw it in September, like, oh, is it as much bullshit as the book? And it's like, well, the film and the book, I believe, start out saying, like, based on truth and lies. Definitely. And, you know, I, I like that. Now, the movie definitely has, I feel like, a pro-Euronymous agenda and kind of, like... T- like definitely. In, kind of enjoys kicking Varg in the testicles here and there. A tad. Um... When you first see him, he's wearing like a scorpion's patch, and Euronymous <laughs> and, and the rest of the guys kind of like make fun of him. And he's 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 kind of not what you would have expected Varg to look like. That's exactly. not unlike the behavior I exhibited is in my youth as well. Fair it's enough. Like, this guy looks mildly crude. What a fucking but lame ass. It, yeah. it was it was um, it, I really liked it. I don't remember it being as brutal as everyone is saying, and I, I don't doubt that it is. I think for some reason I just didn't notice it. But the one thing I will say about the movie. I mentioned this to you. Really, my favorite thing about it is the way they kind of say, okay, Euronymous is, if you just go by what everybody knows on the surface, this, you know, badass, calculating, like, evil person or whatever, and they really strip that away and say, like, that's the persona, but here's, like, the the actual human. Yeah. Like, anybody. Like, there, you know, Hitler, there were, I'm sure, moments in his life where... He would have his feet up on his dad's lap. We on are the couch not or whatever. pro Hitler. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. But there's this fucking yeah. scene where, like, I I forget who it is comes over to to get Euronymous, and they come to the door, and he's sitting on the couch with his feet up on his dad's lap, and I just laughed my ass off. No. It was so effective in saying, like, hey, this kid's a teenager first, and they also I really. That went with the way they did the scene where he finds dead. You know, the original singer blows his brains out. And which is sad because you know the history you you, you see that that scene coming you're like yeah. this is it I have to prepare yeah, myself right. and it doesn't shy away no it doesn't it, it doesn't it actually shy away. that was really brutal now that I think about and it and I think that's that those scenes are like what stayed with me and kind of I found haunting after the well, film I remember you was said over. you couldn't sleep I couldn't fucking sleep and I stayed up for for hours and I fell asleep dreamt about it wake up and just went right back into that mind space again like I, I it was really hard to digest not just from you know. The, the the film's you know so-called faults regarding uh, uh, accurate history and, mm-hmm. and storytelling, but um, just like the sheer the sheer um, ferocity and the yeah. violence that that was depicted on film, and that stayed with me. It really did. The next day, I came home from work and I could I was kind of you know jit, not jit, jittery but fidgeting around. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna throw this movie on again. And I watched it again the very next day, and then one more time the following day. I watched it three days in a row, and it's. I mean, it's had a pretty decent effect on me. I, I, I do highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I think another tragedy that was, you know, uh, well, the tragedy that befell dead, you know, was something at the time that wasn't really addressed was, you know, mental illness and mm-hmm. depression and things like that. And that's that, that's what the deal was. The guy was super depressed and, you know, kind of egged on by, by certain people. And, you know, he took his own life. And that... In that, it's horrible, you know? Right. Well, and, I mean, that whole scene kind of egged on that behavior. Definitely. It was, you know, Euronymous, that was kind of his, like, his business approach was... And you see that moment when he comes home and finds um, Dead dead. You see, like, how he almost starts to, like, break down and get emotional. And then it's almost like his mind is like, hey, 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 we can use this. We can use this. Uh, Delay your emotions. Go get a camera. Take pictures. And, And so there's this separation of... The, you know, like the marketing genius that he would eventually become and like the kid that he, or the person that he is, the human. And I really liked that. I thought it made for a very complex portrayal, both the way it was written and the way it was acted by uh, Culkin. So I I really liked it. Um, Jonas, nice. Jonas Ackerland, you know, he, 
Spun is a movie um, that I I never thankfully got into meth or whatever, but I had a, a lot of younger friends that were kind of into it. It kind of came around yeah. popularly in the 90s, right out after I was in high school. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people go really bad ways. And I, there were other movies or TV shows or whatever that portrayed that because it was a, you know, a hot-button issue for, for a minute. Or, I mean, I guess it still is, obviously. Later on, Breaking Bad would do it. But, but at, at that time... And I really feel like the thing with Spun was like when I watched it in like the, I don't know if it was like right around 2000, give or take a year. I'm like, dude, this is like legitimately how meth heads act. Like yeah. exactly. I'm like, this is this girl I know and this is this guy I know. And oh my God. And for a movie that breaks my John Leguizamo rule, because I don't really like John Leguizamo oh, at all. Oh, you don't and like I will, Land of the Dead? I, no, not at all. I, not at all. Not at all. I, I bought it and rewatched it and I just don't like it. But... And he's one of the reasons. I just don't like him. I mean, part of that is maybe because his character is the one that ultimately does in um, Al Pacino's character. In but a that's a story for another day. But at any rate, like, I just generally don't like him. He, whatever. He's kind of like a Hispanic Martin Short. I hate Martin Short. And, you know, whatever. So, anyway. You don't like Ed Grimley either. Huh? No, no. Bastard. No. Um, and, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, so that's another movie that he did. And he, I mean, he I dare feel, says. I feel like I, I want to see what else he does. I, I think he hasn't made a, enough movies. I think he needs to make more movies. So, I don't know if this is going to facilitate that, but I'm glad he made this and I think he did a great job. Right. Um, I'm sorry. I was just trying to look and see what you're I, just checking your Instagram. No, 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 no. I'm checking the. I was trying to remember everything that I recently. I mean, the last no, few I weeks I've watched since we did an episode. So uh, I have. A, well, I know you I saw Hereditary. I saw Hereditary. Mm-hmm. I saw the first ABC's of Death, Deep Red, and a documentary on Shutter, or was it Prime? I can't remember. Called Rewind This. Um. Let's start with Hereditary. Finally saw it. Uh, I rather liked it. I thought it was really impressive. Um, I was very surprised by uh, the fact that... Um, well, like I texted you. Like, I, 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 I'd heard about this being this... Like, I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, like, that looks really creepy. And then hearing about it being this fantastic horror movie. And I started watching it and I went, Wow. This is like a 70s film. Um, because yeah. it does this thing of it goes, um, first act, second act, this could just be a family drama. Yeah. Like that's what, you know, you go back and you really watch uh, um, well, the, Exorcist uh, the Exorcist, I was going to say, yeah, The Exorcist. And like, it could just be a family drama. Yeah. It could just be a daughter acting out because her mother is yeah. not around. And you're just like, oh, okay. And then this intercutting with this priest and lack of faith and you're like okay this could just be that story that's enough you got it you got it I, i'm like watching this and you're like you know a horrific event takes place it's pretty fucking horrific oh it's um fucking brutal the the way the sun reacts is just oh shit I, to me that's the movie like, right there it, i mean it, the whole thing you, good, you, you bad. feel bad for him but at the same time i sat there thinking like fucking snap out of it call the police dude do something Instead, he just goes home and goes into his bed. Just the and, way they like, shoot that, man. The way it's like they're just focused on him. Yeah. And you're thinking like, oh, shit. Like me, Because I, I thought to myself, like, did that really just happen? Or right. Or was he imagining this shit? And then the next thing you know, it cuts to the head with the fucking pants all over it. You're like, 
Wow. Isn't that, wasn't that fucking mortifying? Yeah. Wow. It yes, it's shit. mortifying. But the yes. way they delay showing you the head. It's for, for, fucking brutal, man. Tony Collette's performance there is... I, I mean, yeah. the fact that she did not even get nominated for a fucking Oscar... Oscar fucking worthy. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, fuck the Oscars anyway, but I'm just saying that just further proof because, dude, yeah. the way they shoot that where they're focused on the sun laying in bed and they kind of time-lapse until the morning yeah. comes, you hear her going yeah. down there and you know what's about to happen. Uh, you hear her start shrieking and then when it cuts to her with uh, Gabriel Byrne and she's just like on, on her knees see, and she just keeps saying, it's just too much. I think I thought that was such great dialogue. Yeah, that was yeah, all you needed, yeah. and the way she delivers it just tore my fucking heart out of my chest. But chance, there was man. she's like, begging so that, for death. Yeah, she's like, I want to die. Yeah, it's I want just to too die. much. Yeah. I can't. I can't that even happens. recover from this. And then there's like, I loved the use of shadows. Yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. the I loved the moment at the very beginning when she like, you can interpret that right away as horror, but then the way that he films it, the way that it's done. Like I said, for the first two, first two acts of this film, you're sitting there and you're like, that could just be like them haunted psychologically. Like well, the way yeah. that she sees the mother and then like, she's like. Yeah, there's dramas that do that. Because, you know? I mean, I, I was I was saying to someone else in describing, in talking about this film, I was like, you know, I don't know about you, but I've had those moments where I've looked at something in the dark and been like. Yeah. What? Click. Oh. No, it is. Okay, there's nothing yeah. there. And then like. You swear that there was someone standing there. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh, that was me, actually. I was in your room the other night. <laughs> Sorry. You'd think we'd be able to Pull see... Pull your pants Yeah, up. we'd be able to see his pasty ass in the shadows. <laughs> you would. But, um... I love the subtlety of that. Um... And then, to add to that, like that, that usage of shadow play in that in that in that film is not tropey at all. No, not at all. It's oh, done not at all. so well. It, it, oh. it enables them to do. I think I said this when we talked about it before. They do. I I really like the first Conjuring, but there's the moment of the first Conjuring when they finally show you the woman, and I feel like it deflates at that point a little bit, right? Hereditary does. I feel like they did a similar thing, but they did it the right you know, fucking way. I think he's. It didn't I think deflate. He's smart because he does. He does this thing where, like, uh, where you know, it, it reaches a point where you could have a monster there, but you don't. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's good, and 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 um, yeah, very much like a seventies film because once it reaches third act, once everything starts to happen. It just goes fucking bananas yeah. from there. Yeah, it, it just really goes does. bananas, and you're just like, "Oh my god, holy shit!" Yeah. Um, and I think that um, one of the things to give credit to Ari Aster for what he does is that he's smart in that it reaches that ending, and it could come at you out of nowhere. But he's a smart director. He's giving you clues. He's hit. He's hidden things in there, and he's not gonna. He's not fucking about with the storytelling. He's right. not just like giving you bullshit and being like, uh, "This is my twist." Like he's built it in there so that when it happens, like you need to go. Like people are probably gonna want to go back and sit through it again just to go, "What did I miss?" Right. What was there? And like, there's all these little hints and stuff that's happening throughout, you know. And you're like, "Oh shit." Yeah, right. payment. Um, yeah, yeah payment. He, it pays well, off. He's smart. He's and, a smart director. And then the uh, I saw somebody in Fangoria, um, basically who was writing from the angle of a woman who's into the occult and also in horror movies, and she's like, "Oh, if you know what a seal from the, the you know the Goetia looks like, it blows it right off the bat." But like, I know the Goetia. I recognized it as looking like a seal, but I didn't rec- I didn't realize it was 
that's exactly what it was. And again, like I just made the reference in, we just did a, a an us uh, reaction, which is already up now. So in that, I mentioned that when I watch movies a lot of times, the first time, the movie is kind of like a collapsing bridge where I'm just riding this wave and I'm seeing things, but it's falling away behind me. Yeah. I, I, like, I like it that way, right? And so there is one point where I thought I heard somebody say Paymon, and I know... The, I know that there is an that early demon reference. or whatever, yeah. and I'm like, whoa! Did they just say Paymont? Like, oh wow! I think I think he's I think he's you know I think I think the it's how should I say it? He's working from the concept of he's giving you hints, and if you are someone who's super into that world and super into the whole background, then you're gonna get it. And you're gonna be like, okay, I see where I know where this is going. But I think for the pedestrian audience, and he thinks like that common family that they are, right. you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be like, see, but it, it's funny. What I did I miss? I know that stuff. I mean, and, but I, I didn't. I just didn't get good. that. I didn't it's get too impressive off of that. the way he does it. Um, so, I what what have I? First of all, I I want to um, do a little, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm I think we're all obviously music fans, but um. I, I have a, whether it's Midlife Crisis or not, I really like vinyl, and I love Waxworks Records and Mondo Death Waltz for a lot of these, you know, classic horror scores that they're revital they're putting out on, on uh, vinyl and remastering, and they just did, uh, Mondo Death Waltz just did John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, the score. Oh, nice. So I got that, and... I mean, I know it's my favorite Carpenter movie, so I know the score, but, like, when you actually take it out of the movie and listen to it as music... Sometimes you're surprised. Yeah. And I was really surprised because I'm like, man, I don't know that th- this score is almost more influential, I feel like, in the synthwave kind of stuff that's come since on, like, Perturbator and stuff, than maybe even the people in that scene realize. Uh, I mean, it's, it is, oh, it's, it's a fucking fantastic, it is a fantastic score, and I feel like Mondo did a fucking awesome job with it, and, um... I don't know, it was really cool and made me want to watch the movie again, even though I just watched it in October, but I mean, again, it's my favorite. I never get sick of it, so... Uh, but that, like, really was one of the highlights of my week so far. Cool. So, well, if you don't mind, I have... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back into my list, and it actually is related, oddly enough, to what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, one on the... Uh, on the synthwave concept... Uh, synthwave uh, music concept or synth pop concept. Um, I tried watching the movie Liquid Sky, which is some old sci-fi cult film mm-hmm. that's on Prime. Don't, don't, don't give it the five minutes. Don't give it an hour. Don't give it. Don't give it your time. It's just terrible. It's, ugh. it's terrible acting. It's someone trying to make a. Uh, film in the early 80s about drug culture and synth pop music and they obviously didn't even have the money to pay someone for actual synth pop music so it's just someone uh, probably a, a key grip or something who's just sitting around playing on a casio and it's fucking awful nice it doesn't even have the benefit of having good music and it's just got this bizarre acting too um and then another the second thing that it's related to is you talked, mentioned collecting vinyl mm-hmm. and um, rewind this that I saw was it's a it's this documentary all about people who now collect VHS. Oh and yeah. Their major the the major companies for them are the Tromas, yeah. the uh, the uh, 
what is that one called? Moonlight? Moonlight? Oh, the, the one that had like... Oh, oh, uh, full, full Moon. Full Moon. Yeah. Uh, the Full Moon films. Um, like, it talks about how certain films like um, Basket Case was a big hit on video simply because it was on video. And because they could, right. they got it out, and they went. Let's, you know, instead of trying to get it out in theaters, they went. Well, let's just make it on. Let's just put it on video. Right. And then they got it out on video, and then like literally, they would they would get it in video stores, and then like the clerks there were just like, "Well, have you seen Basket Case? Have we seen Basket Case?" And they just got people to rent it right. and watch it, and um, it's entertaining. You know, it's an entertaining little film. It, it I, you know, it just. Uh, if Wait, you talking the, about Basket Case? Or you talking about no, the, no, the, rewind, rewind this. this. If you're if you're into basket like the case whole is fucking great though, <laughs> it is it's weird. I great. fucking love Basket. If you're it. if you're in, it's bizarre. But it, I mean, the, the second one even more so. I would I mean, imagine that that scene where they're fucking is disturbing. <laughs> 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 I I remember seeing that when I was like twelve, and I'm still disturbed to it this day. I'm forty two. I've got thirty a, years yeah. later, and it still bothers me. I've got I probably own all three of them. <sighs> so they're, they're fucking but, great. But um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's so funny because I think it's interesting because, like, probably, like, vinyl, like, we all just, like, I, I mean, I, I didn't have, I didn't, I'm too young to actively have vinyl. My parents had vinyl, and I still have a little bit, but, I mean, we had video. I had videotapes, yeah. and you just shed that shit and go, oh, I'm going to go to Blu-ray and have all this stuff on Blu-ray. Um Everything will be on DVD or Blu-ray, and then they don't bring everything over, and you start to go, "Oh shit, I lost well, yeah. that." There's oh, a lot man. of stuff. There's and... a lot of stuff that didn't get transferred, but then also, like Anthony's kind of got me in this idea of like the quality of the transfer and like film um, preservation, right? And yeah. so, like, he gave me a copy of a Blu-ray with uh, the Howling on it, and I watched that and A and B'd it with the DVD that I had, and it's like, just throw the fucking DVD away. It's like uh, a non-horror movie, but another... Well, so the first time I really noticed this was like the copy of Army of Darkness I have on DVD. Yeah. When I showed it to Kirsten when we first started dating in 2016, I was actually fucking embarrassed. I, I was like, this looks so bad, I can't even believe it. And then you see a Blu-ray, and it's like, who transferred? Like, did they rip a fucking VHS to put this yeah. out? Like, Sometimes, what's going yeah. On? Sometimes it does, yeah. Um, and the funny thing, though, is there is a flip side to that. So this week uh, I saw, um, not a horror movie, but I went to the Egyptian and saw Gummo on, in 35mm print. Amazing. And nice. Harmony Kareen was there. And he talked about the idea that, like, he likes, because he shoots with a lot of different film stocks. Yeah. And, like, some, like, really crappy, you know, VHS and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I like that, like, He's like, it's cool that everything's getting these high-end transfers, 2K, 4K, but not everything needs that, and sometimes that takes away from this, like, kind of, like, nebulous area that you can kind of play with with the images. And I thought that was really interesting, and it's just a reminder that, like, not everything needs to be crystal fucking clear all yeah, the time. Yeah, right? I agree. I so agree. it just depends on what, what they're trying to do. Um I don't know. It's, that, that howling really blew me away because it looked fucking great. Well, that's like, I mean, so you know, I bet... <laughs> I, you know, I, thank you for whoever at Dimension or Mag or or, or Miramax, Miramax, whatever you, whoever's out there that uh, I think finally put it out. But I mean, thanks for the Blu-ray of um, uh, of Grindhouse finally that has both films, and I mean after so many years. But 
Why did they put it? I don't know why they had to wait for Blu-ray. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't understand why they just put it on well, DVD. Well, what, it was so it, strange to me that they were like, out? "We got." Well, it was probably it's probably been like three or four years now, but it just blew. Like I, because the thing was is that they released the two films separately. Yeah, and then they never. Put and it then together. it didn't have the trailers, so you had to wait. And then finally, one they finally put it on Blu-ray after so many years of it being out on DVD, and I thought to myself, why didn't they just have them on DVD together? Because I'm like, it's so strange that like someone was like, wait, 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 I want the highest resolution possible. Yeah, for the grind up For something that has fake, <laughs> fake cigarette burns yeah, on it. Yeah, right, Same right. thing with like, Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's intentionally shot that way. It's yeah. like, I think it was why? like two years after the release the home, of home, on home video, they, uh, Vivendi Studios from Canada actually got the licensing rights to put out that film in its entirety and then i remember yeah like a couple years i think it was like two years after it came out uh vivendi had their 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 copy that was circulating that had all all the the full sequence of that film but yeah i knew somebody that i knew wasn't american i knew i didn't know if it was europe or what but it was readily available at like best buy i went and bought oh i didn't okay i didn't realize so it was available right so that's that's uh you didn't do your homework i'm just kidding was it available on just a regular dvd no on blu-ray oh it's blu-ray yeah 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 um, and then I have one more. But I'm okay. Here, go ahead. Anyone else? Okay. Um, the new Critters show started. Just dropped Critters. The, the How new is bin. that? It is schlocky and funny. <laughs> it's silly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it, it takes me back to like to to, to like uh like Mick Garris's second film, the second Critter film, where it's just you're you're engaged because you're having a good time. Like it's it's got its elements of gore in it. It's you know it's it's we got foul flights. language. Yeah, my only issue with it was that I thought it was going to be a full length, like a, a feature length film. And it turns oh, out, no, turns it's, out it's a mini series. Yeah, eight minutes long. What really? Episodes are eight to nine minutes long. So it's kind of the oh, um, it's Dead Wax or some of the other shows. Yeah, so that that or was actually a bummer. More like a like a what is the name of that one? Adult Swim program. Yeah. It could so, be like Adult Swim kind of program. So, right? like the uh, like yeah, you know how like they're only like a few minutes yeah. long. So at eighty minutes, minutes, yeah, at eighty minutes runtime, you might as well just splice it all together and throw a film out, like, the, or or even you know, huh. pay to pay to add an extra twenty minutes to it and make a feature length film. But it's fun as hell. So uh, cool. if you got Shutter, check out uh, Critters: The New Binge. It's it's funny and it's it's schlocky. It's it's got shitty production. <laughs> But it's a good time. No, it's the point. Yeah, it's I think the it's point. That's the no, yeah, definitely. Think, it's the they point. They need shitty production. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen those original yeah. Predator films, but from what I remember of them, I mean, no, but it's a good time. Definitely check it out. If you got Shutter, throw it on. It's it's a good eighty minutes of. I mean, the shit, it, I don't know. Awesome. Have you seen? You've seen the Critter movies. I've right? never seen the Critter. Oh, movies. Uh, it's so good. The I, second one. The premise of the second one is the critters land during during. I'm sorry, the Easter holiday. And because they hatch out of eggs, they then hide their eggs throughout the village while everyone's looking. And they're like, oh, there's eggs out. And it doesn't make a difference to them because people are hiding colored eggs. So they just think they're part of the colored eggs. And then suddenly critters come out on Easter and start attacking people. And you're like, holy shit, who makes a movie that attacks people during Easter? That movie is PG-13. It's got gore. It's got foul language. And it's got tits. PG-13. Uh, it wow. does have tits. 
Oh my god, I Nick, forgot about that. Nick I Harris. love when the bounty hunter turns into the girl. Yeah. And then it has to pull the staple out because it has the staple on the center. Mick yeah, Mick Garris did a fucking amazing job. Same thing with the Kyoto's brothers. The, the, oh, Kyoto's shit. didn't come back. I don't think it's the Kyoto's brothers that came back for this. You just reminded me. I've never seen the Critters movies. And, I mean, nothing against them. But just all, My friend Missy, this, uh, earlier today, she was like, she told me that it dropped. And 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 I, I, she was surprised to hear I'd never seen them. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want to. When I was a kid, everything that came out that was like, post gremlins that was like of a similar thing i just kind of like whatever um and i i understand i wrongfully you know dismissed them for some reason i liked ghoulies though and i still like it i just that yeah. holds up but anyway um uh that special effects guy just passed away yeah he did that's yeah. right that's yeah. right I, forgive me for forgetting his name at the moment oh when i read i didn't know this till recently that the kyoto's brothers because i we i watched insane uh, i mean uh, killer clowns from outer space recently and yeah. i was like man what what else did they do some of those same molds were used for Ernest scared stupid as well because they did the goblins for Ernest scared stupid oh no shit yeah. um interesting and then if you've ever seen what was it uh <laughs> it's a silly movie um Dinner for Schmucks. He they oh, he, yes. he did all the uh, the the little uh, mouse figurine. They did uh, oh the, really? Yeah, the Kyoto's brothers handled all the little mouse figurines wow. for us. Pretty funny stuff. Huh? Those are so weird in that movie. <laughs> like oh my god. Um, so I wanted to mention also that uh, so two things that I'm looking forward to. First of all, uh, I had avoided the second um, Pet Cemetery trailer completely because. Same. I'm I'm getting to the point where like I watch one trailer and I don't watch anything else because they show you too much. But it was foisted upon me at, uh, at when I saw us last night, and I gotta say it looks scary as fuck. Now that could just be the way the trailer is, but it really looks intense. And, I, and the book is fantastic and like really you know there's like a forward to the book where King was like after I wrote it I thought that I go too far. And the the original movie I've not seen since it was in the theater, but the original movie actually like prevented me from losing my virginity at a, at one point because like sucks for you, man. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it was it was it was like should have got a skankier bra. I was no, I was with the girl, <laughs> and it was like uh, you know, there, there were these noise. I had just seen the movie, and the yeah. Zelda scene, for, you know, freaked yeah, everybody yeah, else. Right? And bizarre. and we kept hearing these noises. I'm like, what is that? Is it, are you sure no one's home? Your parents aren't home? She's like, no, they're not home. And, the no, and so the noise kept interrupting us. Finally, I'm like, well, somebody else is in the house. She's like, it's just my grandma. We keep her locked in her room. And I immediately thought of Zelda oh and God. left. <laughs> like, immediately. No. I had just seen it, like, the day before. No. I just left the house. No, like, you did the right go. thing. Yeah. Um, but, so the, the new one, uh, man, I don't know. It just, it looks like they've added and, and maybe changed some things around. But the trailer really, like, I was already looking forward to it. But I'm really looking forward to it now. And then the other one, which I think the tra- I I hated the first trailer, and I'm sure I would hate the second trailer if I watched it. Um, Hellboy, the Ron, uh, Neil Marshall. Yeah. But I think the trailers are totally misleading. I maybe I'm wrong, but the first trailer makes it look like it's going to be Guardians of the fucking Galaxy. Yeah, the second the one tone, doesn't make it look like that at all. And it's not going to be because a it's Neil Marshall and b. Everything I've read about this is like it's gory, it's bloody, it's horrific. So I really, I'm looking forward to all the parents that take their kids to see this, thinking it's going to be funny, and they're going to be like, "Oh my god, little Billy saw you know this demon guy rip somebody's fucking heart out or whatever." Uh, but I'm really looking forward to that, even though that trailer, I just hated it. 
And, and Ian McShane, he can do anything at all. I'll be interested. Early test screenings for Pet Cemetery, uh, audience are saying it's brutal as fuck. Really? People are saying it's like it's horrific. So I'm I'm actually kind of hyped to see it now because I was really let down by that first initial trailer. Same thing with Hellboy. And then I saw the Red Band trailer for Hellboy, and I was like, eh, I guess I'm back in. So I'll I'll throw my hat back in on that one. I'll check yeah, the Red Band sure. trailer made it look a lot better. Yeah. And they, they it looks like they show a bit of Zelda. And they brush up against the thing in the book that is not in the original movie that, or at least I didn't remember it. That I loved is, you know, when they like to get to the pet cemetery, they have to go over this kind of like mound of like of like de- you know debris, like branches and shit. Yeah. And then they're in this kind of nebulous like between place in the woods, and there's legends of the Wendigo being there, and like th- there's a scene where they see something like a shape, and it's just the right amount of like. It, he just gives you just a little bit and nothing else. And I always, I man, it just affected me so much. It was like, it was so well written. It was so fucking creepy. And I think it, that second trailer, like, had elements of that, like, looks like they filmed it exactly the way I saw it in my head. So I thought that was really, really cool. So uh, I'm kind of concerned about the, well, not concerned. I just, it's weird to see the, the shape of the new Micmac burial ground, how it's like a spiral instead of like the, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. I I've got one, a button on my uh my sweater of it. It's kind of interesting looking. The original. The original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original yeah. Micmac that, burial ground. Just that's like, right. I yeah. I forgot about that. So now it's like this just strange spiral looking well, thing. It also looks like it's. I mean, maybe this is just the way the trailer was cut, but it looks like it's not Gage that gets killed initially. It looks like it's the daughter that gets killed initially. I believe it. Yeah, they changed it. Either they or, the death it. of a child. Is, is, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, well, and not only the death of the child, but then like the fact that like the way it comes back. And, and the trailer also shows you that there's going to be the other scene in the original movie that stay, has stayed with me. And I think everybody I mentioned it to is always like, oh, yeah, is where Fred Gwynn gets his fucking Achilles tendon cut yeah. by the scalpel. Yeah, when Gage and they all but showed that exact scene in the trailer. They show Lithgow on the stairs and his Achilles tendon. And somebody's, like, you see little eyes like they're about to come up and cut it. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. Did and you ever get around to that documentary? The No, because I want to see the... So there's a documentary on Shudder. It's like the road to Pets... Or the path to yeah. Pets Cemetery about the making of it. And... I want to watch the new one, then rewatch the old one, and then watch the documentary. Awesome. I feel yeah. like that's the way to. So, yeah, but so I'm really looking forward to both of those. I'm very excited about both. Cool. I guess the only other thing is um, that I want to mention is the the one last thing I saw, which is uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to stir shit. <laughs> but um, um, after hearing both of you talk about Giallo so much, I was like, well, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch them. I need to watch opera still. Yes. Um, but so I watched Deep Red, and I like the gore. I like the gore of the murders. Um, I like the way it looked, but I had real problems with the way it was acted. Oh yeah. Like I thought, that I was like, "What is this guy a psycho?" Like the. <laughs> but see, is, that, is the film like, a victim of bad dubbing at that point? That's a thing. <laughs> Yeah, it was a psycho, the lead actor, because I just didn't understand where he was trying to express this character. I love the scene where he goes, he get he pulls her out of the window, and then it cuts from that to him being interviewed by the cop, and he's like, "Look, I told you, I found her this way. She was dead." 
what do you want me to do about it? Do you think I killed her? And I was like, dude, you just saw someone brutally murdered in front of you. Why are you so fucking... Nonchalant. Yeah. Nonchalant. Like, I would be, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just can't... I, what do you fucking think I did it? Like, he's no... He's so unemotional. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with him? It's just... It's... You know, I mean... <laughs> it's just the way that those are. I rewatched that recently after not having seen it years, and I didn't even think of the acting because I just take it... I just know that's what comes with it, so... It's just, yeah. But other than that, I mean... It's a little bit interesting because I thought... Um, I think if you were to... If someone were to remake those now... Um, it's funny because, like, at the time, like, they're, they're considered horror movies, right? John, those yeah, are I mean, movies. it's a thriller. And I feel like if you just made that now, people would just consider it a thriller. Yeah. Even with the slasher elements. Because, like, I don't know. Maybe it's because we live in a post uh, Silence of the Lambs world where, like, you know, because I remember, I remember seeing thrillers before uh, Silence of the Lambs, but then you saw Silence of the Lambs and you're like, holy shit. Like, he just, like, he just escaped by, like, wearing, wearing someone else's face. Let me and try that. The other guy, he just turned into, like, some kind of gory angel on the outside of his cell and, you know, well, this the, other the guy is tucking thriller, his dick. You're like, whoa. The like, line between thriller and horror, I think, has always been, like, a murky thing. And, and, it is. And, and, you know, that, like, goes to, like, I watched the De Palma documentary about a month ago. Really enjoyed it. And that was something, like, when I was growing up and started getting into watching movies in high school and I watched Scarface and Carlito's Way, I knew De Palma that way and then didn't realize that, like, oh, he was once known as the master of the macabre and, and really got famous adapting Carrie. And, uh, you know, he did Dress to Kill, which is, depending on who you talk to, might be, they might call it a thriller or they might call it like a slasher. Um, and, and it's just interesting. Like, that documentary really shows you how they, you know, I mean, horror isn't just a certain thing. There's no, elements it's not, that it's fan not. out, you know. Um, and Silence of the Lambs is a good example of, like, what they say, like a horror movie that was like legitimized or whatever. I don't know that I consider that a horror movie. It definitely has horror elements. Um, but I mean, I it's also partly just how it's allocated in your brain based on the way you find it or who shows it to you and what they tell you about it. You know, like Argento stuff all seems like horror to me, even though you're right. Deep Red, like Suspiria and Inferno, definite horror movies. Horror movies, Deep yeah. Red, maybe not. Maybe, maybe that's more of a thriller, you know? Uh, you know, I, same like thing I, with Cat of Nine Tales. I Cat feel Nine like, Tales. with the exception of how the murders play out, which I think people would even, like... I mean, because, I, I don't know, we live in a world now where, like, you know, you could honestly... I don't know if all of the murders, but, like... The woman that gets killed in the bathroom where the person mm-hmm. where he, like boils the face yeah. or like the that first like hacking at the beginning and even falling through the window, like you could turn on Hawaii Five O and you'd watch someone get murdered that way. Really? And then they'd hit oh yeah. And then they'd just spin an episode trying right, to right, out right. who the fucking murderer was. Right. So you, the fact that they can get away with that now on TV Well TV's is, come a long like, way too. Whoa. Okay, uh, and and so it kind of becomes not, so you kind of go like, okay, that's not horror. It's oh. funny you mentioned that. My girlfriend, she just finished watching like all the special victims units on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like majority yeah. of the episodes, they're giallos. It's the black yes. glove in the night, yeah. you know, with the straight razor or whatever. Majority yeah. of the episodes start off like that, like here's the black glove again. I'm just, I told 
my girlfriend Cecilia, I'm like, you're watching a bunch of Giallo on television. Dude, actually, yeah, it really is. They the are. first episode of Giallo. NBC's Hunter with Fred Dreyer, like, I, for whatever reason, I have this soft spot for Hunter. And, like, about a year ago, Kirsten was watching all these Hunter. And and I have a DVD of the first couple episodes, and she put it on, and I'm watching it. And Brian Dennehy's, like, the psychologist who's also, like, ends up being a killer. But it's total Giallo. Yeah. Like, yeah. When they're showing, like, the black glove going, opening the door, yeah. holding the knife. And I'm like, oh, my God, a hunter had, like, Giallo. But because they were, you know, Hunter was, and, and SVU, they're adapting things that are being, yeah. in you know, in cinema. You know, I mean... I don't know, it's pretty interesting. Uh, one of the things I watched that's probably not a horror movie at all, but fits into this conversation about that thriller, giallo, whatever, De Palma's body double, I fucking loved. I mean, it's easily my favorite De Palma movie. Well, Carlito's Way is something special. I'll just take that out of the loop. But other than that, like, body double blew me the fuck away. And it's a movie I've been meaning to see forever because I'm a big fan of Brady Snellis and American Psycho. And in the book, I don't know about in the movie, I didn't love the movie that much, but in the book, he's constantly rending body double. And he's referencing the scene where the woman gets killed with a giant drill and blah, blah, blah. But I, I fucking loved it. And I was like, man, I don't know. Um, just really, really cool flick. And, you know, De Palma, it's like, well, it, he kind of played in that Hey, Hitchcock, he's another one. Is it horror or is it a thriller? You know, it's... So... But, I mean, I would go as far as saying it's American Giallo. Yeah, yeah. That, that literally is that. Definitely. Um, so, anybody... We're going to divide this episode. So, if, if as soon as we're done here, we're going to watch a couple movies and then come back and talk about them. So, is everybody good? We're going to stop? I'm good. Okay, yeah, so stop we'll, we'll be back in a few moments. Well, a few moments of your time. A couple hours of our time. Perfect time to take a leak. Okay, so we are back, and we just watched Book of Monsters. Um, so, Anthony, talk to me about how you found this movie. Uh, how I find all my movies, social media. <clears throat> um, end up getting those like weird follows from, you know, I'm an independent director, but this time it was uh, the flick. I went and checked it out, and uh, checked out a trailer. It turns out, I think it's, I think it's gonna, it was a. Uh, Produced by uh, Dread Central. Okay. Something along those lines. So it's the same company that also put out... Um, oh, Dry, Dry Blood. Blood. Yeah, yeah, Dry yeah. Blood. That's right. I remember you said that. So yeah. And then... Um, yeah, I said, all right, let's check out this trailer. Looked fun. Lots of practical effects. Looks hilarious. Uh, I'll pre-order it. Pre-ordered it. Popped up like two days later at my house. And here we are tonight. Wow. So and you were saying that they... Did you say they kickstarted this? This movie? was a Kickstarter flick. And talk a little bit. You were telling Ray and I some of the like the the you know uh, what what do you, reward packages or yeah, whatever. So, so the movie's pretty schlocky and like like I said, you know, very rubbery as far as like practical effects go. So they did this Kickstarter to get enough money to do the practical effects and whatnot. And some of those uh, like rewards packages that were attached to it were. You get to, you know, pick the uh, very cheesy tropes that go into the movie, like, you know, all-girl high-fives and stuff like that. Just really corny, corny stuff. You got to pick also um, how characters got killed. Um, if you added enough money, you got to create a character for the film and, you know, make it a hero or make them die or what have you. Um, but re really, really in the hands of the fans, and even down to the monsters that they use in the flick, I think there were so many... Um, that they they had picked out, and so the five monsters that made it into the film were all selected by the uh, 
by the uh, the fans that that gave money to the Kickstarter. So it's very fan driven and, and um, yeah, it's just a cool project and it, it ended up uh, getting executed pretty well. It's funny as hell and it's yeah. it's really in, really entertaining. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was very endearing. So this reminds me of. Um, like years and years and years ago, my friend Brown and I were trying to make this movie, Santa Claus versus the Voodoo Zombie Hookers, and like it never it never got made, and for various reasons, like the guy that we had that it should have been made. It should have been made. I want to see it. Um, the the guy that uh was started filming it for us, he was somebody that uh, was a family friend from when I was younger, and I had re met him, and he was going to film school, and he ended up like shooting for a couple days, and then just like he was just. I, I, I don't have your footage. Like, literally, whatever. <laughs> so, but anyway, I digress. But um, this looks to me like what I envisioned our final product would look like, kind of. You know? Awesome. Like, so it, it it really meant something to me to see this, because I was like, wow, this is endearing to me. Like, they really did a lot with a little, and you see their limitations, but it doesn't matter, because I feel like there's enough heart there where... It, it just made up for it. I, I really enjoyed it as an independent, you know, uh, crowdfunded movie. I really, really liked it. What do you think, Ray? I liked it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, it's not the most uh, technically perfect film. And I think it, I think it's entertaining. Um, where where would, you, would you put it? So if you were to rank this in a Kubrick rating system, would this be like <laughs> above 2001? Would it be? Uh, no, I'm kidding. I thought you were being serious. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just being. Quit being. You know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of uh, you know, when we were talking earlier about um, things we'd seen. Uh, to me, it definitely feels like it's within that whole uh, uh, critters, uh, yeah. uh, um, uh, basket case. Well, the, style of filmmaking, you know. There's a definite yeah, Buffy yeah, vibe too. Yeah, like even like yeah. the first, you know, the first like season I mean, of Buffy, the, the effects suck. Oh, well, I was just talking. Not about, that these effects suck, but they're. I just, was just talking about the fact that it's clearly someone who just wanted to try and get something out there that seen that was horror driven. Maybe wasn't as polished, and maybe wasn't as. I mean, you know, it's a little bit. Wow, I didn't think about that until just now when I started talking about this. But it it feels a little bit like Evil Dead, the first yeah, one. Yeah, there's the definitely Evil one. Dead vibes. Because of the whole thing of like, I imagine that like some of the people involved might have even might have been might be either student filmmakers or starting out. Like this is like cutting teeth, like getting yeah, you know, just exactly. Getting your, Getting yourself into an uh, into a situation where you get to actually film, you actually act, you're actually making uh, uh, a zom like monster effects and 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 things like that, and that's all you're trying to do is just trying to get something. But you're still trying to make something that's entertaining and that people will actually sit there and go, "This is fun. I'm enjoying yeah. this." Um, it has, and for that reason, I think it has a lot of potential. Yeah, it has a lot of potential. Like, you know, I, I, you, the fact that it is that it was uh, crowdfunded um, says something to the fact that like if you probably gave the people involved in making this a lot more money, they could do something at yeah. time. They could probably Pitching. give you well, something will, pretty fucking fun, which will hopefully happen awesome. based on this. Um, 
Maybe. We'll see. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of Kung Fury, where it's like you see that and you're like, oh, dude, somebody give this guy a budget. There you go. Like a real budget. It's the same thing. I'm watching this. I mean, it's compared to like, you know, I I guess what what I'm thinking of when when I, if I were to compare it to other things, is like, and I think the reason I said basket case or like critters is because they're so inventive and they're mm-hmm. so different and so interesting. Um, when you have things that like, I don't know, there was some, I saw a commercial for some iteration of, of the dead something and it was a zombie film and it was a direct to DVD in Redbox. go ahead and go rent it. And I watched the commercial for it, and just from the commercial, I could tell, like, it was fucking terrible, like, just straight trash. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's these, these people are supposed, like, military in a Humvee driving through forest, and they see, you know, zombie, and then they get out of the truck and start shooting at it, and, like, it's not, they're not even attempting practical effects, and so, because of it, like, they shoot at the zombie, and the head explodes, and it's very digital, yeah. but it's a human actor, so they have to, like, fake a human head exploding, and then they fall over, and then, like, it's the kind of thing where, like, the next cut is, like, you know, someone's like, hey, what's that behind us? And then the camera has a zombie face, like, with the mouth coming at the camera, and you know it's just a total lack of budget, but you know it's someone trying to take advantage and just trying to get your dollar. Just trying to get you to rent something or watch it and just yeah. like doesn't give a shit about you actually enjoying anything. They just want to make some They just want the view. number of you having rented and it or whatever. I don't think the people involved in this did that. No, I think I, the people involved in this seems like a genuinely project. go, please enjoy this. Yeah. Please enjoy this. Because um, if you're not digging on this, if you're not digging on the humor, if you're not digging on the on the fun of it, then no, you're missing the point. Up. You're totally yeah. missing the point. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, is it technically perfect? No, but it's fuck. It's it's more entertaining than some things that I've seen that where they've spent money and time. You know, I'm really curious. Um, it reminded me a little bit of there's a, a it's British and there's a British site called Bloody Cuts, and it's all short horror films. Remember the one we watched? Yes. Um, I think uh, now, it's, now that you mentioned, I think that, it's I called like exactly "Don't Move," one. where it's like basically yeah. it starts with it's them having having done something with a Ouija board and summoned something. This reminded me of that. I'm and I'm actually curious if maybe these guys had something on there. Um, also, the first monster, the one that has that kind of like a, what would you call that skull? Like a, it's not like a deer, but it's like an animal skull. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a cow skull. Cow skull. So cow, yeah. there's a movie yeah. I'm quite fond of from the aughts. I, well, I saw it once. Well, actually, I rented it, and I was so intrigued by it after I watched it once. I watched it a second time the next day. Uh, it's called The Devil's Chair, and it's um, mm. it's really it's an interesting flick where. Well, we'll we'll watch it and we'll talk about them. But it, it the the monster, I think it was it was either that movie or the Many Deaths of Ian Stone or both, where it, the monster resembled this thing. It was like a similar kind of thing with that like weird hulking black cloaked body with the bones sticking out and then that cow skull. Um, reminded me a little bit of Feast too. I've never seen. Oh, Feast, Feast. Uh, I've never seen the third one, but the. The original is fantastic for sure. <laughs> I fucking love that one. Yeah. Well, the first two are, I think, are yeah, the first, yeah, the first two, yeah. The first two are pretty entertaining. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I I really really like this. So uh, it's a bit of a girl power film, but it's but got, yeah, that's it's, cool. But it works. It's yeah, effective. It works. It's got a it's got its little homages to you know aliens, like like Ray said, Evil Dead. Um, yeah. there, it's it's got all these little you know schlocky fun practical effects moments that are just they're outright laughable, but they're meant to be. And so you know, for for anyone that's gonna go out there and shit on this film, don't forget it's it's meant to be this way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it's like you know, it's it's for your for your enjoyment. It, it uh, it's effective. Definitely. Uh, directed by Stuart Spark. Yeah. Written by Paul Butler. Produced by Paul Butler and Stuart Spark. Dark Rift Films. Uh, starring Lindsey Crane. Ah, uh, uh, Longden, Lizzie the, Stanton, Rose Muirhead, Anna Dawson, Steve Mossman. I totally butchered. Uh, Mick, how did you say that name? Mick, Michaela? Michaela? Mick, so obvious. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, how do you say that name? Oh, John? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a rough one to pronounce. Anyway, sorry, right, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, for those of you out there that are... Uh, uh, big fan, film buffs or just big, uh, uh, you know, uh, cult film people, uh, which I'm assuming you are. The lead uh, in the film, the actress, bears a very strong resemblance to an actress named Elizabeth Daly who was in uh, Valley She's Girl. She's Barney Miller, right? She and... played Barney Miller? No, no, no. She had that weird hormone treatment to grow the mustache? No, no. Oh, no, that was Helen Linden. Was, there you go. But the who of a uh, Valley Girl fame, Streets of Fire, and of course she oh, played Streets of Fire, uh, Dottie in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So you know, uh, and for some reason, I mean, not only on the cover art, but as you're watching the film, she starts to remind you of her. So just something entertaining. So okay, well then, I mean, I guess I would definitely say I, th- I think this is three thumbs up, right? I'd say check it out. And maybe check a, it out. It's a lot of fun. Three check thumbs and a tentacle or two. There you go. Oh, yeah. okay. Another uh, fun thing. Um, when we post uh, something on the Instagram about this episode dropping, uh, leave a comment about your favorite horror movie and I'll pick a winner and uh, I'll send you this copy that we watched tonight. That way you have a copy of it at home. Awesome. You hear it here. Oh. Cool. And if make you it want, easy. Yeah, we'll make if it easy you want... You. We'll sign the inside. We're not going to sign the Yeah, like the, the guys that have nothing to do with making the movie will sign it. No, we won't. Sign the we won't. All right, we'll sign a few favorites. But you get a free copy. Of what the movie what we'll do is tonight. we'll sign. We'll, we'll sign a copy of Striper. Uh, they did. The, they did Winter Wonderland yeah. as okay. a single, so we'll sign that. And there you go. We'll no, do I'm that. I'm, we're not going to do that either. <laughs> not going to do that either. So. Get your free crucifix. Yeah. There you go. So okay, well. Uh, we'll be back soon, and uh, until then, I'm Sean. I'm Ray. I'm Anthony. And we're the, the Horror Vision. Go! <laughs>
Tea, wine, and tea.